Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. How do you? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello there, Mayo inbreds. How do you do, do, do? You're very welcome to Mayo Are Back, Season 2, Episode 3. The qualifier run is continuing, TG. Limerick and Tipperary have both fallen foul to Muyo, and the next team in our radar is Kildare. That's if they're going to play it at all. We will be discussing everything that needs to be discussed about this current Mayo group, and it'll be all done here under the watchful eye of myself, TJ, and my good friend, JP. How are you? How are you? How are you? (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, um, Kildare, Crow Park, we have to play them somewhere. We might open up a gate here now, soon enough down in McHale Park. If they'd play us, we'd open up the gates. I suppose that's one thing that's getting missed out in this whole debate, is how welcome McHale Park would be to host Kildare in this fixture if they so chose to. It would suit Mayo, of course, because of the large ball of cash that it would bring into the town. It'd suit our friends in the Castlebar Minstrels Club, who'd be earning top coin at the shop. But most of all, I suppose it would probably suit Kildare. That would be for, you know, Mayo's complete lack of home crowd atmosphere in McHale Park. What do you make of Albany's fortress that it is? I'm all for it, especially from a Kildare supporter's point of view. While the weather's good, get down and view the sights that are to be seen in Ballycroy, in Kilmaine, everywhere. It's The West is awake. Why not bring them all down in their thousands? Should the money that would be spent in the town, Tommy Goon would be rubbing two sods of turf together now, he'd be getting very excited for that. I wouldn't need to sell another calendar. But that's the unfortunate thing where we are. We haven't got a home game in quite some time. And I'm sure this Mayo County Broad will be, you know, with the sugar eights in mind. It's a very important that we qualify for those and get that elusive home game in McHale Park. I mean, you know... I must say I have to commend Keen O'Neill coming on RT News and really supporting his county and his players. And as well as that, but a few weeks ago, Kevin McStay did a similar thing with Roscommon. Where's Rotty been in all this? Why isn't he on the news saying come to McHale Park? Rotty's a coward and I think he needs to get out of this team. He doesn't care about the financial backing of this Mayo team and it's absolutely disgusting. You know, as fans, obviously, we're looking for success on the pitch, but say the in the higher echelons of Mikhail Park in the corrupt cauldron that is the country broad they'd be looking for real success on paper you know what I'm talking about I'm talking in terms of home conic finals thus far Rachi hasn't quite delivered on that so he'd want to get his act together now and get us to the sugar eights if we have any chance of seeing him back as manger next season or even into the next month well when you say next month why not bring in Mikhail and Max Day now while, while all this tobacco is going in, that'd be the real surprise factor for this Kildare game. And you know what? If we got them in there, it'd suit us even better if we drew the Rossies, because we'd be sure of getting through that round four qualifier if we make it that far at all. Now, you must be asking yourselves, where are we? 
as we said on the previous podcast, we were setting off for the qualifiers and we would not be returning home until the Sugar 8s. So we're still on our little tour around the country. We've made it from Tipperary on Saturday. After getting the news this morning on Radio Ireland, we got into our cars and we headed straight to, I suppose, the place where all the the main talking point is going down. That is uh, Newgrange, County Kildare, where this game was supposed to be held. We're actually sitting in the Newgrange megalithic passage tomb at the moment. We're a couple of days late for the old summer solstice, but we're here building up an atmosphere and getting a feel for what things are going to be like on Saturday evening if there's a game on here. Well, it's going to be, I think it's a great spot for a game. It's a lovely flat surface up on top. Loads of people can watch from the bottom. It'd be a great platform to watch our male boyings on an elevated tomb, I have to say. Now... It'd be remiss of us to not look within our Tipperary performance just for a couple of moments. That's all we're going to be doing in part one of today's podcast. And we'll go for a little break. And coming up after that, then, we'll be looking ahead in a little bit more detail to the Kildare game. So starting off with Tipperary talking points, I want to get the ball rolling with one man that we spoke about a lot before the game and a man that's come in for a lot of personal plaudits after the game. And that is James Duncan from Castlebar Minstrels. Oh, wow. Nephew of Tim Duncan, the famous basketball player. And you could see his height really deliver on the pitch. I mean, is it fair to say we've got a marquee forward here? At long, long last, JP, I think we have. And we're there scouting all around the county looking for a marquee forward for years and years. Little did we know, one of the lads on the team had a marquee forward as his brother. Is there any other brothers on this team that we're not looking into enough? Definitely not. Now, Paddy was up training one day and uh, they're actually stuck for numbers. So Rocky said, whose brothers are based around Castlebar? And James is at home playing Crash Bandicoot 2. And that's how he actually got the call up. So And he's done very well ever since. That was actually, JP, that was the Thursday before the Galway game he got that call. And it was great to see him get an action from the start. Oh, that's definitely, Saturday. definitely. And actually, bringing it on from last week, our debacle um, with the, the car dealerships. Um, unfortunately, no car dealership has gotten in touch uh, to help with our bog-standard Mayo players. But we also have come up with a new idea that we that the county board and the existing car dealerships have gotten on board with so rather than getting new car dealerships on board any player that has a car that's not playing well will be stripped of the car so we're thinking for this week the week that's in it james duncan should get andy moran's car because andy as you know has got old and fragile like like andy moran that's an excellent idea I'm, I'm so for it i just think you know the way competition for places is key there and you know whatever about getting dropped losing your car that's a pretty big fear to have as a Mayo player it's really all you've got going for you as one of the PMPs so I think putting that little bit of competition into there that little bit of seeded out into their minds could really encourage them to improve their performances over the course of the summer and our fisting hero Anthony would want to get a move on. He was very quiet the last day. I mean, there was one chance, hand passed across him, the bag was gaping. He had to just fist it into the net. He couldn't even do that. I don't know if it's age or... It's definitely age. He's forgetting his roots. Fist it. Yes, fist it, Andy. Fist it. Now, we were very sad to lose another midfielder this week. 
That's two gone now, JP. It's not looking great there. Our options are getting fairly thin. What's your take on the whole midfielder situation at the moment? I think we've never looked better at midfield. I really, I really, really do. Doc and Keegan in a midfield. Possibly even Nally. I've been saying this about Doc and Keegan for many moons. It has the hallmarks of an All-Ireland winning midfield duo. I would say... Brian Fenton wouldn't know what to be doing with himself just thinking of the prospect of GPS Keegan and Dr. Jeremy O'Connery. The flying doctor back in midfield. That's what won Mayo the All-Ireland in 1951. I know Jeremy did studying hard to become a doctor so why not get him in midfield now? This is the perfect opportunity. If we could double up and get him to also study to get his pilot's licence then he'd be actually able to fly himself to and from the matches like the flying doctor was. So... You know, there's a little tip for you, Jeremy. If you really want to win over the Mayo public, get back to brass tacks and channel the spirit of 1951. And he can fly the Pope in to bless the whole team before the All-Ireland final. One last question on Mayo's midfield. How many midfielders have to get injured before Shane Nally gets a game? Probably the whole squad by the looks of things. All of them. Mayo, of course, with a bright start. Very poor middle third. And then a real rallying towards the end. one ten to no score. Mayo are, they're the ultimate personification of kind of like an abusive boyfriend. Really good to you at the start. Then they get really, really dour. Which make you question why you're supporting this cause. But then out of nowhere, Joe, they might buy you a nice box of chocolates or something. And they, they, they save the day. They keep on dragging you back in. And they keep milking us for the cash cows that we are. I suppose we were... Highly, highly impressed with Stephen Rochford at the weekend. But I suppose on another more real level, we were absolutely disgusted with some of his decisions. And the one we're talking about is the pre-match meal. Now, this was an interesting one. So we actually caught up with Rochi prior to the game. We were getting his thoughts on it. What the players were going to be eating on Saturday. Now, what Rochi said to me was... It was one of those days where it's too hot to be eating a big feed and we're probably just going to sit down, have maybe a little picnic, a simple salad and a couple of sandwiches. Now, <clears throat> in, a, in the era of diet, nutrition, statisticians, gynecologists, the whole lot working with county panels, if Rachi is still working at a level where these players are eating simple owl saladines on the days of games, how would they have the, the strength and the energy to go out and beat the bigger sides. Fair enough, you beat Tipperary after a salad. You beat Tipperary on an empty stomach. But you won't do that to Kildare or anyone else for that matter. And I suppose overall we were absolutely delighted with the game. The big standout being the performance of the the Durkin brothers. We exclusively learned as well at the weekend about how this was a planned move. This dates back to post the 1989 final when they put in that very controversial Mayo baby development set up here in the, the county where, you know, players were sought out for their future footballing abilities. And th- now in 2018, it's the first time we're seeing some of these players breaking onto the scene. If you don't know the full story there, um, if you're not on our Twitter, that's at Mayo or back. We tweeted about it the last day and we actually got a little bit of coverage for our tweet from our dear friends at the Mayo News Football Podcast. So we're going to leave you with a little clip from those guys talking about us guys. We're coming to get you, Mayo News. 
Yeah, talking about the Twins, I think uh, we have to say Tweet of the Week is probably going to Mayo or back. Uh, Paddy and James Durkin had their chromosomes split in the womb to create one sublime attacker and one supreme defender. <laughs> this may be the future of Mayo football. <laughs> well done. That is definitely the Tweet of the Week. Welcome back and thank you for sticking with us. Welcome back to part two where we really get into the nitty gritty of this Kildare game which is coming up on the horizon next Saturday. At the time of recording it's important for us to announce that Kildare have said that they are going to show up in Newgrange with their boots and their socks and their shorts and their lovely white shirts and fair play to them for that. The GA have said the match is going to be in Crow Park. Grab all association. Rachi's got a big decision on his hands now of where to bring the Mayo team when he's driving this team bus up on Saturday. Do you know, is he to go all the way to Dublin? Is he just stopping Newgrange on his way up? I think we should um, actually split the team and have one of the Durkins on either team and then wherever Kildare show up, we'll just play them. We'll be ready for them. We'll send 15 to Newgrange, 15 to Croker. Two equally strong teams, both of them should be capable of putting away a Kildare side. And this does lead on to the debate that we've been raising for the last while about the strength of this Mayo team. And perhaps in particular the the fact that it's overly strong and maybe needs to be broken into two teams to give other teams a fairer chance. Very much so. A big problem with the players that are on the fringes of the inner outer circle of the team are saying that they're not, they're not getting enough game time. So this is the perfect chance for them to play either at half-time at Cavan and Tyrone in Crow Park or at Newgrange against Kildare. It's, it's brilliant. And as you were saying, it's great in particular for any of the subs or any of the players on the team, you know, the, 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 the bog-standard Mayo players, not the PMPs. It's a great opportunity for them to say, look, I'm here, I'm a fabulous young guy, I'm putting my hand up for selection here, I really want to get a car this week. And we think that's really what will intrinsically motivate all these players to perform better than they have been. And it'd be no harm if they start performing a little better than they have been. So this is the this, the scenario with the venue at the moment. All going well, I suppose the best case scenario for Mayo will be not having to play a game at all and going straight into round four of the qualifiers. That would be fabulous. It would save us quite a lot of money too. Just in terms of when we, let's say hypothetically, now, it's, it's going to be a strange one. If the game does go ahead, you know, we have to be aware of Kildare's main threats. Now, I know while all this circus is going on, we might be tactically unaware of what's going on with Kildare, but we've earmarked. We, we like to do our analysis. Hang on, JP, just for one second. Rachi, if you're listening, this is going to be very beneficial for you to listen to this. This is about the Kildare game at the weekend, so take this on board. Carry on. Sorry, yeah, um bit like Sky, you know, we like to really do the analysis, you know, really hard-hitting stuff. So we've earmarked this guy, um, Daniel Flynn, supposedly a good guy. He can kick the ball really hard and he likes to run quick and he's, you know, he's a good player. Have you seen the size of his fists? I very know, strong fister. Very strong fister. He picked that up down in New Zealand. He was down there playing with the All Blacks for a while. Um, Cricket. Now, so we've noticed, as you all know, um, all of Mayo's defenders are pure shite. So we said, there's no point even giving any of these bog standard players any chance to try and mark them. We have come up with a plan. Get Noah Baba back in there. It'll be completely left field stuff. If you think about it, 
The only good thing James Horan did in his four years was bring in Gavin Duffy. The only good thing Jim Gavin has done in Dublin is bring in the basketball guy, uh, Kobe Bryant. So the only good thing that Rochi can do here is bring in Noah Baba. He's going to mark Daniel Flynn out of the game. Mark my words. Noah Baba came into our minds today because it came that out that he had signed for Waterford. Now, as far as I gathered, both of Waterford's teams had exited the championship already by the time this signing went through. So there must be a case there for Mayo GAA to step in and say, look, this guy isn't going to be playing for Waterford. You don't have any more games. We'll take him on board to play with Mayo. It is his home county after all. He's a Mayo native. Even if we have him just until the end of the year, I know he won't get an FBD season with Mayo, but it's worth a shot. Himself and Danny Creevy were two underage prodigies there for Castlebar Celtic. And they're two guys that I think could really shore up that fullback goalkeeper dilemma that we seem to be having. You know, say a high ball goes in, Michael Quinlevin is able to finger it into the goal like he did the last day. If that ball goes in and he's been marked by Noah Baba and Danny Creevy is in goal, does that goal get scored? I don't think it does. No. So in terms of going to play Kildare, if we ever do get to play them, I think that's one thing that definitely needs to be listened to. Um, the game... Let's prepare ourselves for a couple of different scenarios. Let's say it does go ahead in Newgrange. It's going to be in St. Conleth's Park. Do you know anything about St. Conleth? I know he was a metal worker and a hermit. Yes, the Irish hermit and metal worker also said to have been a copyist and skilled illuminator of manuscripts. He is the patron saint of Kildare football and he is the... He's the patron saint of lobbing high balls in on top of shaky fullbacks. He was famous. So they'll be doing a lot of that next Saturday. He was famous for shouting on the sideline, let the fall in. Let the ball do the work, you know. We've always we've always harked back to a couple of key phrases like that, but let the ball do the work is what we always say. And you'll win nothing without a big fullback. Now, we were very giddy with excitement during that game on Saturday. It gave us all the twists and turns that we come to expect from a Mayo performance. It had all the the lack of discipline, the constant injuries, uh, the lack of leadership on the field that we love to see. But in the end, we did pull it out of the sack and we did get through um, in very convincing fashion. I Mayo- one thing I really like to see was... Rachi, get up and go down to the sideline for once and all because all these players have been manged by mangers that shout and abuse them from the sideline. This new age, 21st century, of standing up in the stand, it's, it's no good to anybody. He needs to be down there, you know, throwing water bottles and, and giving out. That's what he needs to be doing. Like, it's, it's said sometimes about this Mayo team that it has great leaders on the field. I think that's absolute nonsense. Why would you have your leaders on the field? Your leader should be on the sideline leading by example. I think it was a former Mayo manger that once used the great phrase, let the players play, let the mangers mange. And that's what I firmly believe we should be doing in Mayo this year. Very much so. And I also think if Rocky was on the sideline, it would actually help Stephen Cohn go towards the goal. Because anytime you see, I'm after seeing Rocky. I should turn 90 degrees one way or the other. It would really help his game. It absolutely would. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, it was good to see our little teddy bear, Chef Rachi, uh calling the shots from the sideline there the last day. 
And I suppose with that, we want to talk about what could be going through Rachi's mind ahead of this game. One key area he'll be looking to develop, and I know we have our own ideas about how we could shake things up inside, but I just think it's very damning of this men's senior team when, say for example, if we look at their female counterparts within the country, the Mayo ladies, you know, those girls splashed the cash and brought home Cora Staunton. I think she even flew business class. They flew Cora straight into Albany's McKay Park and put her straight into the team there at the highest level. But, you know, when the men's team, and that's all well and good, they'll do that for Cora. But when the men's team need experience and leadership, they're not willing to pay for a flight for the flying doctor from America. Like, that just says to me that this county board doesn't have the aspirations that the managers and the players have. And if you know about this, JP, if even one corner of that triangle doesn't live up to their role, if even, you know, the the, the, the corrupt trifecta, the whole thing, just the arse falls out of it. And they're, they're just not interested. That's the problem. They They want to keep this circle of loss continuing. It's disgusting. I suppose you get more money out of us as long as we keep losing. They're making money off our misery. I tell you what they're making money off. They're making a lot of money now in the next four weeks with the Mayo GA raffle coming up. This is a big, big time for Mayo. As we know, <clears throat> when you get into the end of June, start of July, you start to get very worried about having already ran out of money that you've collected from Mayo Corridor Mayo members. You collect so much at the start of the year and you don't even give them anything new. And then by June, that money is all heaven spent. It's all in Julian of Midfield's pocket. Well, you got to remember, come bonfires night on June 23rd, the Mayo GA bonfire is actually burning of cash because they're afraid that it'll get, it'll erode naturally, uh, much like Pablo Escobar's money did. There's it some excellent, the there are some excellent minds in there. You know, um, I think Tommy Goonan has some of the financial control there and he'd be a big thing. He, he'd, He'd really know the difference between old money and new money. June 23rd, he says, out with the old, in with the new. So we'll be all dipping into our pockets now for the month of July to enter into the 29 draws, I think, that are taking place across the month. So hopefully we'll have a couple of winners there. You can't win. And the great thing about those draws are there's so many winners, they can pay back all the old cronies and we'll barely even notice. But one last thing we need to touch on on today's show in relation to us poor patrons, you know, at the end of the day, where the owl, where the owl inbreds happen to travel the length and breadth of era to support this great team, and we're the ones coming down with a little dose of Mayo fever already. Is it too early to get Mayo fever? Now, interesting. I've been in the lab and I've been doing my scientific research and analysis. Mm-hmm. Now I know I'm very critical at times of Rocky, and then at other times I really love him. This is one of the times that I really, really love Rachi. Yes. Mayo fever. So we've always had early doses of it, but let me bring you through a time scale of maybe the last six, seven years. When James Horn was in charge, Mayo fever, you couldn't really catch it maybe until August. Very boring. If you were seen to play Mayo songs back in February, March, you were kind of dealt as a bit of a, a social outcast. You know, someone not really involved properly within the community. However... With the introduction of Rachi, that's all changed. It's now 
quite a healthy thing to have Mayo fever at any time during the year because we might get a few men sent off in the FBD. Uh, we might be struggling for relegation in March, April. It's brilliant. And now here we are again. Mayo fever has been caught for the last three or four months. When's it going to end? We don't know. There is no known cure for Mayo fever and there's no way of knowing when it's going to end. But the only thing we do know is for as long as this run continues, we're going to start seeing more and more symptoms. And we're talking about this and we tell anyone to look out for this in their friends and inbreds these sort of dangerous symptoms once somebody has contracted mayo fever and say it sets in that can be terminal that can live with them for the rest of their life now, the the very tricky part is it'll first set in unbeknownst to you as in the green and red mist will descend upon you and, and your mind will be clouded in a green and red prism more extreme cases then will start to see a sharp rise in heart rate sometimes going up as high as 1,951 beats per minute. As well as that, sometimes you mightn't be able to stop thinking about Mayo and how Mayo are magic and that you can't have any negative reaction to the team or the players whatsoever that you feel the need to go on Facebook and berate anyone with a different opinion to you. The final stages of Mayo fever, people have already, people are dropping dead around the county with complete may overdoses you know the the blood pulsing around their body goes from type o or type a to pure green and red pure red and green just pure little pat holmes heads and tom parsons hairstyles pumping around the vein you can't think of anything other than john casey standing in goal with a big pair of gloves on him or kieran mcdonald with a little man bun on his head and it, it just ends with the worst cases i've seen it ends with you making and creating a Mayo song and sharing it with everyone. If you have any of those, by the way, do send them into the page. We love someone with really, really bad Mayo fever. We would love to interview somebody who's coming down with a dose of Mayo fever at the moment just to hear the symptoms firsthand and give our listeners sort of, you know, ideas on what to look out for around this particularly dangerous time of year. As you said already, JP, the way Rochi goes, you know, he has the hearts pumping from early June on and you never know when it's going to end. Now, we'd like to thank again all our followers for the unbelievable response we've been having so far this year. We're delighted to be on our third episode already and as long as the winds keep coming, the pods will keep coming as well. So we want to give a particular shout out to our listeners all around the globe. The Mayo GA diaspora the links are strong in all four corners of the world. So we'll give you a quick rundown of who's been listening. This is in the last week, ladies and gentlemen. I'll take you through the stats, guys. We had 35 listeners in the UK. We'd like to say hello to everyone over there. 20 listeners in the States, most of them coming from the McBride's GA Club dressing room, as far as I gather. Hello. The rest from Hollywood. Hello, lads. We had six listeners in sunny Spain. Four listeners in the United Arab Emirates. Hello, you big Mayo inbreds. We had three listeners in Canada. I have a feeling I might know the inbreds that are listening over there. And I'll, you can take us through the rest of them, JP. We had one listen in all of the following countries. Yeah, so we had Belgium. It could have been one of the Lukaku brothers. And then we had France. Then we had South Korea. Then we had Germany, Greece, Australia... Hungary, New Zealand and Oman. 
Oman indeed. I think that's a very good Oman going forward for the season. That we have listeners in far-flung destinations like that. And they're all big followers and big inbreds. And we'll be keeping you guys in touch with everything that's going on around your home country. So don't feel like you're missing a thing. Keep tuning in. And if you want to get in touch with us, you'd be very welcome to hit us up on our Instagram or our Twitter. You can get us at at Back. Now we're going to leave you with the Sunday game music to get you in the zone for Saturday. Until next time. Do, 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 mayo, do, 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 mayo, do, 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 mayo, do, 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 coat of boil, do, 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 leaky do, 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 Pat Holmes, mayo, do, 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 mayo, do, 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 mayo, do, 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 do,